Sabonis brought it to him. Hey, welcome back to the All Pacers Pod, a podcast for Pacer fans, by Pacer fans, and the most popular Pacers podcast in the world. Probably still, right? I haven't checked the analytics recently, but I'm your host, Jack, and um, it's been a while, but Sal is right here sitting across from me through the internet with the power of Zoom. Uh, Sal, I'm so glad we get to talk Pacers again. How's it going? It's going good. It's a new era of Pacers basketball to get excited for. And uh, unlike what we thought last year when we got Karis LeVert, uh, this is the real deal, not uh, you know the false hope we had last year. So we're already taking shots at Karis LeVert, um, <laughs> already off to a great start. But uh, before we get into this, I know people probably don't care about this necessarily, but I want to just kind of hear what's been going on in your life, Sal. Um, and then I guess we can just talk real quick. But I mean, you're in a new stage of life. You're in college or as you Canadians call it university yeah you know it's uh very stressful um you know especially calculus um I only have to do it one time throughout my degree but uh you know it's given me uh plenty trouble right now um which limits my time to do things I enjoy like making graphic design stuff and uh watching Pacers basketball so you know, to be fair, I really don't think I've watched a Pacers game start to finish with no distractions yet this season. I've kind of just been tuning in after halftime and watching it uh, more intensively in the fourth quarter. But really, I haven't gotten a start to finish look yet, which is fine because I literally watched, I think, every single game last season. And, you know, Benedict Matherin's crazy, though. That's all I can say. Yeah, I know. I know you'll get back to your ways. Um, you're one of the most, if not the most, devoted Pacer fan that I know. So, um, even hearing you say that you haven't watched these games from start to finish, when I picture your, what that actually means is you're watching the games, but maybe you're just looking on your phone. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm just guessing you watch these games fully. Um, but it sounds like you're getting, you know, a little closer to adulthood too. You can't watch every game once you get to this point. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Hey uh, man, it school, just uh, it comes with it. But uh, yeah. yeah, we haven't done this podcast in a while. We haven't given our hot takes in a long time, um, and nothing's really changed. I'm guessing our biggest like thing to talk about as far as what we want the Pacers to do is trade Miles Turner, and that's been the theme of this podcast for probably three years, or I don't even know when we started <laughs> doing this, but probably about three years ago. So um, I'm sure we'll mention that tonight uh, as we talk about this Pacers team and try to catch everyone up who's listening right now as to what's happening. But right now the Pacers are playing Sal kind of walk us through that real quick and then we'll get into things. So I've been um, loosely watching this. Like I've said, um, Pacers actually went on, I believe in the third quarter, like a 15 to two run or something. Um, and now it's as of the time of me speaking, it is 91 to 95 for the bulls in the bulls favor. Um, I've seen, you know, Andre Drummond, the notorious Pacers killer, is having, uh, I think, he could be, I believe he's close to double-double right now. Um, and I don't know. Obviously, I don't think we're going to win this game. But, um, yeah. There's a yeah, chance. You know, yeah, Andre Drummond's currently chomping at the bit. He's only played nine minutes, but he has six points, eight rebounds. Yeah. He's just so bummed that the Pacers don't have Turner and Sabonis 
on the court at the same time because the Bulls would be forced to start him there and he'd drop, what, 25 and 25 on us. So. <laughs> oh, it's also Miles Turner's debut, I guess, today, which is um, interesting. Yeah, any um, immediate thoughts on Miles Turner uh, in this game? Just, I don't know. Well, he didn't score his first bucket until the third quarter, um, which is concerning for the guy that wanted to be free as a center without Sabonis, who really hasn't done anything. Um, I don't know. I just see him being stagnant like this for the rest of his career. I don't really see him developing into anything more than he already is. Um, in terms of the new one of the new fan favorites, um, Benedict Matherin has only taken five shots this game, which is actually quite surprising. Uh, who's been averaging about twenty four points, I think, through the first four games. Uh, he's um, at twenty two point three. Twenty two point three, um, and he only has eight points right now. But I mean. I don't know. I, I don't know why he hasn't taken as many shots this game. Couldn't tell you because I yeah. haven't, <laughs> haven't watched too much of the game. No, you're good. You're good. So, um, yeah, he's at eight points right now. Only 15 minutes played, but he's off the bench right now. We're still um, yeah. starting Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton. That'll change eventually, but um, he's still getting his sea legs. I think they're just easing him into the game more and trying to go from a earn your spot uh, kind of view instead of just plugging him in instantly. Yeah, and um, also, I mean, they want Buddy Heald to play all these minutes so teams get to see how good Buddy Heald is and how good he could be for their team. What I envision is a starting lineup um, of Tyrese, Benedict, and then Buddy. I don't envision Chris starting with Benedict. Um, and then, obviously, Jalen and Miles. But hopefully that'll change as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, right now with this roster, I don't even know if we traded Buddy Heald. I guess Duarte would be the three. I'm not. Yeah. I, I, I've i loved Chris Duarte since we drafted him. I honestly him. think we'd start um, Neesmith or Terry Taylor over him. I think Terry Taylor would be the likely starter if we traded Buddy Heald. Yeah. It'd uh, be kind of out of position for Terry Taylor, right? He's only... Or he's, he's like six seven. He's standing at six five. Yeah, but he plays power forward center. But he, he also can play. <laughs> he can also play small forward though. Don't you think he's too big to play small forward? <laughs> so uh, I mean, if we did get rid of Buddy Heald, it probably would be um, Neesmith. But I guess Duarte could be a potential there. But I got to be honest, neither of those sound super enticing to me at this point in time. Who knows? I haven't hated what I've seen from Neesmith, and I loved the flashes that we saw from Duarte last year. But um, I'm actually pretty high on Neesmith, personally. I like his right. I like his game. Love to hear it. Hustle. Maybe there's a maybe there's a, a Romeo Langford trade out there, but we're, we're going to get into everything. Not that. Maybe we will, but Romeo Langford. Um, we're going to bring him back to Indiana, right? I know. Yeah, I know he played there. Maybe we can do. Maybe the Pistons will take Buddy. He's still in the Sixers. Is he still in the Celtics? No, he's on the Spurs. Romeo, Romeo. Langford? Yeah, he's a Spur. Oh, what He got the traded. Heck? He was part of the Derek White trade last year. Jeez. Yep. Yeah, I thought he was out of the league. No, he's he's still alive and well, um, but probably not a lot of time left for him in the NBA if he keeps it at this pace. But, hey, I'm rooting for him. Shout out, Romeo, if you're listening out there. We know you're a big fan of this podcast. But uh, let's get back into what we're talking about and get on schedule here because we have this – timeline that we like to follow but let's talk about this offseason and we've already alluded to a lot of it 
obviously the biggest move of the offseason was getting, well, probably drafting Matherin, but we've also made some trades too, and I kind of just want to walk through that. So let's first start with the Malcolm Brogdon trade, and I know you're the biggest Malcolm Brogdon hater there is for this Pacers team. Walk me through why that made sense for both sides, and did it make sense for both sides? All right, so as I'm as I'm about to explain this, Drummond just sent Tyrese Halliburton's layup to a different country. But um, anyways, um, I, I think I'm a fan for both of these teams, especially for the Pacers. I think it was just a necessary move that had to be done for literally anything. I was on this podcast. You can find me saying that I would trade Brogdon for a bag of chips. I'd trade him for nothing. I'd let him walk away. But... Um, uh, we ended up getting uh, Aaron Neesmith and the Celtics first round pick for this year, which happens to be, even though it's going to be a really late one, probably between 25 and 30, it's a stacked draft class and we're guaranteed to get some good talent there in one of, in that pick, um, which I'm very happy about. Like that's, that's enough for me to give Brogdon to the Celtics. Uh, and we've and then, traded up before. Re- yeah, in we have years. traded up. We've in, in packaged recent, Aaron I think Holiday. in the past two years, we've traded up both drafts. Uh-huh. Um, and... So you know, let me let me do the tra- let me run through there. the trade real quick. So mm-hmm. we traded Malcolm Brogdon to the Celtics for Malik Fitz, Jawan Morgan, Aaron Neesmith, Nick Stauskas, and Daniel Tice, plus those uh, draft picks that you or the one draft pick in twenty twenty three. Um, we waived Jawan Morgan, Malik Fitz, Nick Stauskas, and also Dwayne Washington later on that week. He wasn't part of the trade, but we're left with Aaron Neesmith, Daniel Tice, and that draft pick. Um. And the NBA community did not like this trade for the Pacers. Pacer fans love this trade because that tells us that it's Halliburton's team going forward. We all knew that already, but it at least sends the message that we're not going to obstruct his development in any way. And if that means getting rid of Malcolm Brogdon for not a lot, then that's, you know, that's what we're going to do. So that pick could end up being good too. I know you mentioned it might be, 20 whatever to 25 but i mean hey man if there continues to be chaos in boston if more stuff comes out who knows like maybe that pick could be better than what we're than what we're thinking right now yeah so i also got aaron d smith which is kind of an underrated pickup uh he's still young i think he's like 22 uh can really shoot the ball can hustle play defense now i did watch a lot of the preseason uh pretty intensively so, um, like Aaron E. Smith was diving all over the floor. You know, I really like to see from him. Um, Daniel Tice, on the other hand, uh, played for Germany um, in the Olympic qualifier or something. Um, and he hasn't played a minute for the Pacers. I think he's dealing with some knee issues. But even when he's healthy, I can't really see him touching the floor, maybe as much as James Johnson. Um, but Daniel Tice, to be fair, is still a quality backup big. Uh, just not really needed on this team. I'd still play Goga over him, but um, whoa, yeah, I actually liked what I saw from Goga a couple of days ago. Um, but um, basically, uh, Brogdon has moved to a six man, um, which is a okay role for him. Um, and yeah, well, essentially, uh, he what hasn't he's... been like doing too much out there. Um, really at all but um i I think that what i've heard from celtics fans is the facilitating 
has been a, a bit better on the bench because before they're relying on Peyton Pritchard, who's not really known as a playmaker, more of as a scorer. But, um, I mean, Brogdon's just a better vet, and that's fits their right. timeline. And that was the point I was going to make, is he brings stability to that second unit that Peyton Pritchard didn't necessarily bring last year. So, I mean... When you're looking at Peyton Pritchard versus Malcolm Brogdon, you're taking Malcolm Brogdon, a healthy Malcolm Brogdon, which might be a lot to ask for. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. you're you're taking Malcolm Brogdon at least um, in a vacuum over Peyton Pritchard, and yeah, I mean that's a ton of stability that they got for not much because they don't necessarily care about a 2023 first round pick, right? So uh, yeah, I think he fits the current timeline, which I I believe they're in win now mode. Yeah. even with the ages of the guys that are on their team. And they made the finals last year, so for sure, right? They should still have win that now, championship window They just open. don't have the good coach for it. But yeah. um, Man, have you seen him chew gum? They have their new made, coach. Oh, their new coach? No, I haven't. Yeah. No. I can't even think of his name, dude. It was violent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was also going to mention, I I just thought about it. Oh, um, so when Brogdon was in the media day for the Celtics, um, he was asked about his Pacers, time with the Pacers, obviously, because he was just traded there, and um, about how the whole process went down of him being traded. And basically, I, I talked about this on the on the Playbook pod, uh, but for those who didn't listen, um, basically, Brogdon was asked by the front office of the Pacers where he wanted to go. And um, I believe it was either he listed a few teams or the Pacers listed a few teams Boston was among those teams, and uh, basically, the uh, Brogdon chose Boston, and the Pacers granted uh, his wish, um, and Brogdon said he was forever grateful for that, and it was a very professional environment, um, and he's happy with his time on the Pacers, and just a few months before that, uh, Brogdon was on record saying that he was okay staying on the Pacers during a rebuild. Um which, I mean, me personally, I was not okay with that, but uh, Brogdon would have been here. So it seems like as much as I dislike him, both on the court and for other reasons, uh, it seems like he was still chill at the Pacers organization, um, which is good to see because, you know, run it back to Paul George and Victor Oladipo um, with the negative connotations that they um, brought up to, about the Pacers organization. Uh, more specifically, Paul George did that, I believe, a lot more than Oladipo. Oladipo only threw a little shade, but anyways, the shade that they've thrown at the organization about how they run things and how they treat player or trade players and stuff wasn't too good, and I guess this is kind of another way of them trying to maybe, even if it's not true, trying to publicly show that they are a uh, professional organization when it comes to dealing with trading players. Right, I'm certain what Paul George said about the organization is yeah, I, I don't biased towards him. Most of it, yeah. Because I, I mean, I can't imagine that's true. But what that does is it puts out into the NBA universe that the Pacers might not handle their star players well. Hmm. So when they traded for Levert and Dennett canceled the trade because they found cancer, um, yeah, they kept him and helped him through that. That mm-hmm. was first of all, like I'm, I would never. St- like question the character of the front office. Yeah, big. That's a class act for it's sure. It's class act. Yeah, and also like they had to make that move for at least their PR value because Paul George really did dra- drag the Pacers through the mud for, I mean, 
at least a few years and probably still is, to be honest. So, yeah, I think they're, they've just been consistently making moves. They might as well now because they're not in win-now mode, but they've been consistently making moves where they're helping players out and being player first as much yeah. as possible. So that's what this Brogdon trade, at least from what he was talking about, if he said, I want to go to the Celtics, the Pacers were going to make sure he goes to the Celtics. It doesn't matter what we get for him. Um, yeah. Let's just help him out. Maybe we can get some better players here in the future when it's time to get better players. So just building that uh, reputation back up because Paul George really did do a number on this organization, unfortunately. And it seems this new era of uh, young Pacers basketball has kind of changed the way that players have been reacted to being traded. I mean, I even remember... Just last season, Tristan Thompson getting uh, getting waved, and this guy sends out a whole thank you Indiana post for playing five games. Didn't say that for Sacramento or the Celtics, though, which is kind of surprising. But uh, I guess it seems like he enjoys time here. I feel like the culture uh, is a lot um, stronger and like team woven. I think I've said that a million times. Even uh, Dwayne Washington uh, did a little um, thing, uh, but it seems like everyone doesn't have too much ill will i mean the only person that i think might have uh kind of ill will towards the pacers right now would be o'shea Brissett. yeah for reasons of him not getting to play <laughs> but uh yeah yeah free free our boy o'shea free yeah. him just want to get him to a new team or something yeah, we just, just want to see him succeed we want to see him on the thrive. lakers put him on the lakers yeah me and sal were talking before the podcast if he's on the lakers he's automatically the best three-point shooter and the starter <laughs> Yeah. Starting what power forward probably. Yeah. So gosh, I don't even know who starts for them at power forward. Who do they I guess LeBron? No, LeBron's playing the three. Who's their power forward and center? They might just be running it's A D and then either Damon Jones, Damian. Thomas Bryant, or uh I think it's usually Thomas Bryant. Okay, I love Thomas Bryant, so good. They need to be doing that. Huge Thomas Bryant fan. He the went best, to the best Bryant to play for the Lakers for sure. <laughs> He went to <laughs> Indiana University, Thomas Bryant, and he was a emotional freak. I mean, <laughs> dude, he was wore his emotions on his sleeve more than any player I've ever watched. <laughs> so let's let's go through some more some more of these moves. Obviously, we drafted Benedict Matherin. July sixth, twenty twenty two, we had to maneuver through the Jalen Smith fiasco from that whole trade from us getting him to Phoenix, but we ended up signing him to a multi year deal. Um and it wasn't for much, and that's no, looking like it was really a great deal. Friendly contract. Yeah, I really think if we even got him for because what it was, gosh, I need to find a salary. So like he's making nine million. Four. Yeah, he got a two-year, no, a yeah, two-year nine million with a player option in the third year. So he should be getting like five point four, like a twelve million dollar per year deal. At right, this point. which would still be a great contract. And we got that for less less than that for two years yeah so people didn't want there wasn't a big market for him clearly but he was happy to come back to indiana you said that or you you tell me what you told me yeah so uh obviously jalen smith was a pretty coveted player going into free agency he's young he's a former 10th overall pick didn't even get to see the floor much in phoenix and didn't really get to have a role so that means that obviously his potential is still really high it's not really his fault that he hasn't been able to do much but um, coming into this offseason, uh, he's unrestricted due to the fact that Phoenix declined as um, some sort of option. And uh, basically, 
his mother said when he was um, talking about what team he was going to go to, uh, that his mother said that uh, Jalen Smith has been smiling the most she's ever seen since he's been in the NBA when he was on the Pacers. And uh, and it seemed like Jalen Smith also said that he thought it was really funny with the Twitter stuff when the Pacers fans are saying no team should want him because he's horrible just to get him to lower his value. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that kind of made him stay. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, hopefully. And also he's promised the starting role, which we have seen him thrive in for a few games at the power forward, not at the center, because he did start at center a couple of games. But as a power forward, he has been thriving at that starting spot, and we love to see it. Yeah, for sure. And it uh, looks like he's going to be a solid NBA player for many, many years, too. Um, at least his game, his refined three-point shooting, is like, something the Pacers haven't seen in a like long he, time he from a big man. He could be an all-star. But like, <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd say he'd be an all-star, but he could be. He could be. I, I think don't in know, the right with situation. The, with the two guys on the Pacers right now, I don't think he'll be an all-star on the Pacers, but he can be an all-star talent. Okay. Yeah. If Antonio Davis made the all-star team with yeah. 8.6 rebounds or whatever it was, then yeah. it was probably 10 and 8. But, <laughs> hey, uh, Jalen Smith might too. So let's move on. We made a bunch of signings and waves and waved a bunch of players. Some of those names being Gabe York, David Stockton, Benny Boatwright. Some of these names that we see every single year. Um, Don't like Justin Gabe Anderson. York. Gabe yeah, York is the number one op. Don't like that man. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Gabe he York's stole game Kiefer either. Sykes' spot. Oh yeah, friend of the podcast, Kiefer Sykes. Friend of the podcast, Kiefer Sykes. So uh, I wanted to get to this name, Justin Anderson, who was waived but is currently on. The Fort Wayne Mad Ants roster, which is our G League affiliate. How long into the season until we see Justin Anderson? I rock with Justin Anderson. Well, I, like I am, <laughs> I'm on record saying that Justin Anderson is the worst him. player in the I NBA. I know you hate him, place. but I rock with him. I rock <laughs> with him. You rock with him like every other team does and yeah. has for the past five or six signings that he's had because yeah, I rock he with looks Justin like an Anderson. NBA player. Yeah. Physically, he looks like an NBA player. He moves like an NBA player, but he's not an NBA player. Yeah. It's probably it's better than front. James Johnson though. But James Johnson got two black belts, so like Loki like a enforcer on the court. So Yeah, love Don't love James Johnson James as a player. Johnson. Yeah. No, he's James Johnson is so much better than Justin Anderson. You can't <laughs> even put them in the same Mark was on record for many times on the playbook calling James Johnson the worst player he's ever seen in basketball last season. Oh so, my gosh, what a joke. He he was pretty horrible. <laughs> no, he was solid in Miami. Solid no, in, in, Miami. in Miami he was solid, but in Brooklyn. Oh, uh. well, okay. Yeah, he can be the worst uh. player in the NBA last year, and this isn't crazy. This is the truth because I watched a lot of games last year. Okay. Trevor Ariza was a, basically a corpse out there. T-Rex. Dude, if you asked Ariza to hit a layup under the basket, he'd throw it into the stands. I'm not even – dude. It blows my <laughs> mind how bad he got at basketball. He used to be a, a pretty know, solid he, player. Yeah, but he's been on so many teams too. Yep. Um, but, yeah, so we ended up waving Justin Anderson. Like I said, he's on the G League affiliate, the Mad Ants. If you're in Fort Wayne, go stop through. Go go watch a game. There's probably not much else to do in Fort Wayne. Hey, but also <laughs> shout out everyone in Fort Wayne right now listening. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to disrespect the your diss city. On, on Fort Wayne. <laughs> um, we a few weeks later we signed Trevlin Queen, 
um, to a two-way deal. Random signing. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Jeez. I guess random. Random. I mean, I see him in the on the court with his outfits. You know, kind of he's kind of got some nice drip, but like, and I don't know. I don't think he should be here. <laughs> <laughs> he's twenty five. Go away and I, give me Lance. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're gonna sign a guy to a two way deal on a rebuilding team, why are they not nineteen or twenty? Yeah, I, I don't get the twenty five year old thing. Even with Kiefer Sykes last year, he's twenty eight. But I, hey, if you want to welcome Kiefer Sykes back. Be my guest. Sign him to a four-year, $1 million deal. Have him just be there and pulling out some of the nicest outfits. Just, you know, bring in the energy. He's a veteran. Maybe get Lance Stevenson on a two-way deal. Kiefer and Lance and Kiefer. Thad Young and Al oh. Jefferson. No, no, no. no. Oh. Here's my dream. My what, So you give me three players that can sit on the end of the bench. Okay. Lance, Kiefer. And Kyle O'Quinn. Kyle O'Quinn. <laughs> Who hated being in Indiana. No, he looked so jolly when he was here. No, he never stood with the huddle. He always was off <laughs> to the side when he went to the bench. What about, what about TJ Leaf the then? TJ Leaf, no. There's no space for him in the NBA. Okay, so then let's just go with like Al Jefferson. Or sure. Thad Young's He's, on a team, so we'll go with Al Jeff. Yeah, that's fine. With me. We can take Al Jefferson. I'm sure he could still play in the NBA. Darren Collison. Oh, yeah. Darren Collison. Bad for the Lakers last year, but Darren Collison. Horrible. Maybe it's just that environment, the Lakers. Yeah. It, just, it brings the worst out of people right now. Um, But, yeah, that's pretty much all the things that happened in the offseason, I believe, right? So. Well, we attempted to sign DeAndre Ayton. Failed. Oh, yeah. Let's talk who, about that. Who, who DeAndre Ayton looks so unhappy in media day and on the court even right now. I know his team, um, Booker and Clay were getting in a fight, and De- and DeAndre was just standing there, like, scratching his ear. <laughs> it was so funny. And I don't know. He just d- does not want to be there. Yeah, well, he... Totally understandable. He signed the largest yeah. restricted free agent deal. Yeah. Um, or the, the what, restricted tender offer yeah, so or whatever. His so offer there's no was way the largest thought. matched offer. Right, yeah. So there's no way he would have thought they'd match that. So I'm sure his... Like sights were set on Indiana and was already planning out his future, and then Phoenix matched it. He didn't love being there in the first place, and you you can definitely tell he's still upset that he's not in Indiana. Like the which, role he would have had on this team, been so good for his career. Yeah, I mean Jalen Smith, DeAndre Ayton at the big reunite them, reunite them. Crazy. DeAndre Ayton probably didn't know Jalen Smith had this in him. Get but the hey, Suns bigs. Man, give yeah, them Miles Turner, dude. We can just give him Miles Turner for nothing. Yeah, just take him at this point. <laughs> oh, and what I want to say too is, Miles Turner's been on the trade block for four years or five <laughs> years at this point, right? Every there's year, clearly, there's clearly not a market for Miles Turner, and if there has if, to be though, well, I mean, it's going to come down to we're going to get a protected first and a player that matches the salary or we end up just getting an unwanted player and basically just get a salary dump because we're not going to get much for Miles Turner clearly because no one wants him, right? He's, he's alert, at least a, a first-round pick. Yeah, but it's not going to be like a a lottery kind of pick. It's going to be a protected first. It could be a way far in the future pick. Yeah, Talking maybe. about that 2027 Lakers pick, baby. 
Yeah, but they clearly don't it's want Miles Turner either. They do. They really do. They've, they're gonna come back. Totally back. They're off. gonna no. They're gonna come back. They're gonna ask your buddy and Miles, and they're gonna reengage soon. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't. Man. Pacers are gonna want to bottom out even more. They give them to them. We cut Russ. I hope Russ signs somewhere else and gets good minutes because he is on two of my fantasy teams. <laughs> That's the only reason I don't want the Pacers to trade for him. Actually, I mean, like, fantasy's one thing, but, like, real life, yeah, we can trade for Russ. <laughs> but it would be unfortunate. Or maybe Russ comes off the bench and just goes crazy. I never know. Yeah, but, I I mean, with how Matherin's playing right now, too, like, why yeah, why would we want... We'd trade for Russ and we'd cut him. Right. It, yeah, it'd be a, a buyout, for yeah. sure. And then he'd never touch foot on yeah, uh, an NBA court again. It's He's done after this, for sure. I Although he did he, have a higher field goal percentage than Steph Curry last year. Let I that be known. I still believe in Russ. Well, that, I'll never uh, stop makes, believing. I'll never stop believing. That, well, there you go. That's at least one person who does. I've never hated on Russ, and I've never hated on Ben Simmons. Oh. Okay, well... Good for you, man. <laughs> Let's move on to the next section. Um, we're going to talk about some of these games because we haven't gone over a game recap in what feels like years. When when did the season end last year? March? Yeah. So, so seven months we haven't done a game recap. Wow. So it's too long. Let's go over some of these games or go through some of these games. Let me get back to it. Um, schedule and results. So... Shout out to Basketball Reference. Thank you for giving me all my basketball information. Um, game one, let's go over this. We played the Washington Wizards in Indiana. We got an opening day game um, at home. We ended up losing this one 114-107. to 107. Some of the standouts in this one, Tyrese Halliburton put up 26.7 assists. Um, Matherin, in his first NBA game, came off the bench with 19 points, was a plus seven. For the game, had two steals, seven rebounds, shot three for seven from three, seven for 15 from the field, looked really good, made it look like our draft pick at six overall was well worth it. Um, and yeah, just good contributions from guys like Jalen Smith, too. Um, what, what were some of your takeaways on this game? Well, this is where Matherin kind of showed the NBA world who he was. Uh, just just kind of sparked the narrative around him. Um, dropping 19 off the bench. Um, quite impressive uh, for a first first rookie game. And he shot it pretty well, too. Uh, I believe, he, yeah, 46%, which is like uh, around league average. Um, and, and Tyrese Halliburton just looked beautiful out there. Um, 26.7 assists, which he's been doing nightly at this point. Uh, Tyrese is looking like the clear-cut most improved player among every NBA player this season so far, clearly the biggest jump. Um, Matherin is out here now riding for Rookie of the Year and Sixth Man of the Year at this point uh, between him and Christian Wood. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was a great game. I didn't expect them to win. Neither did I want them to win. Um, and, I mean, we still got a pretty entertaining game out of it. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, love to see it. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, by the way, uh, I made a bet. I did a five-leg parlay for um, NBA awards. I ended up picking Chet Holmgren. This I did it in April, I think. No. Yeah, April 9th I did this. I had Chet Holmgren as the rookie of the year, so that got voided. 
But the rest of my parlay is Joel Embiid to win MVP, which looks like a terrible pick at this point. Um, Bam Adebayo, Defensive Player of the Year. Tyrese Halliburton, Most Improved. And I have Jordan Poole as Sixth Man of the Year on this one. It's going to we'll be see. it's going to be Christian Wood. I I don't see. I I just hope that if Tyrese manages to win the Most Improved Player, I hope it doesn't follow the Pacers' Most Improved Player curse. I don't know if many of the listeners here are familiar with that, but if you look into the past two, uh, three uh, most improved player winners, uh, Danny Granger, Paul George, and Victor Oladipo, the season right after, they get season-affecting injuries. Um, and Paul George is the only one of those three that are f- was fully able to recover. Um, and let's hope that if Tyrese does, it, does win it, which is looking pretty likely that he very easily can, that... Uh, doesn't happen to him too. I don't think he. This is just eye test alone. I could be wrong. I don't know if he has the same kind of explosiveness as Paul George and Oladipo. No, he doesn't have injury history either. Yeah, so I, I'm at least hoping with the way that he moves, he's not like at high risk for something crazy to happen. Yeah. But I mean, I could be wrong too. You know, I could be wrong. Just I mean, it's they they were all freak injuries, anyways. Um, just learned that. Tyrese Halliburton's cousin is Eddie Jones. Oh. Three-time All-Star Eddie Jones from 94 to 2008. Wow. So D- Dwayne Washington's cool. uncle was Derek Fisher. For real? Yeah. <laughs> what? How did I not know that? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Cool. So sh- uh, that's fun. Love Dwayne Washington. It's, I don't know if he's on a team currently, but love Yeah, he's Dwayne on the Suns. Okay, we got to do an episode. That's right. We got to do an episode soon, um, probably in the next few weeks, where we just catch up with all the former Pacers. He had like a 38 and 7 game. I think it was in the preseason. He had 11 turnovers though. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how that's possible as an NBA player. Turn the ball over 11 times, but hey, hey. Dwayne Washington anything's possible. 30 piece though. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, he's a shooter and most threes made as a rookie as a Pacer, right? Like Is in one true? game, in one game. He had like eight oh, threes in okay. a game. I'm going to have to catch up on all the history from last season. It's like all a blur to me now. Totally yeah. just put it out of my mind. Is there silly last season? Last year wasn't a ton is of the, fun. Is the silly season last year. Yeah. The silly season. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Mark uh, deems the end of the NBA season. Like the last That's five games. He's like, I was like, yeah, Oladipo like, dropped 40 in the last game of the season. And Mark's like, yeah, it's just a silly season. <laughs> <laughs> That's I think, awesome. I think hey, like the uh, year before that, um, who is it? Uh, who's that guy that trips everyone? Oh, Grayson Allen. He had like 50 on the Jazz in his last game. Yeah, it's silly Crazy. season. So is silly season in reference to like the last few games when TJ Leaf guys go off? Like he had the yeah. huge like 28-point game against yeah. the Bulls. Yeah, that's silly okay. season. I love that. We use the word silly a lot. We have a two-year-old. So <laughs> the word silly gets thrown around a lot over here. Um, just kind of it's it's fun to hear it in mainstream media coming from you and mark on the playbook podcast if you haven't listened to that too you can find it here on the all nd sports network of podcasts hopefully we can get some content soon but if you want to go listen to something you guys interviewed dino raja recently um who else have you guys talked to talk to uh send me on bowers probably the funniest interview i've ever done uh my favorite interview we've done james may james may yeah great 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 listen he's Uh, a coach at uh, Long Island Nets. Yeah, yeah, and does a lot of. He's developed 500 NBA players. Wow, single-handedly, like, including like James, uh, John Collins, 
Even your boy Shelvin Mack was in training with him once. Shelvin Mack. Yeah, that's what's yeah. up. That's how we got in touch with James May was I said, hey, Shelvin Mack gave us the idea to interview you, yeah. which he didn't, but <laughs> I knew they knew each other, so yeah. <laughs> it worked. Uh, if Yeah, so the playbook, when you want to hear anything that's happening in the NBA, Sal and Mark are your guys. We'll be Super back soon. Back yeah, soon. but this this is the Pacers podcast, so let's stick with the Pacers. Let's, let's move on to the Pacers-Spurs game, game two in Indiana. Spurs came to town, won this one 137 to 134. Some of the very, big, very entertaining game. Very entertaining. Back the, and forth, the, back and forth. Pacers yeah, no kind of came back. No, yeah, no defense. Yeah, um, Halliburton had 27. Matherin had 26. Um, Nemhard Jackson, had a great game, too. Nimhard looked good. Isaiah Jackson, your guy, had 16 points off the bench. Actually ended up getting the starting nod after this game because he played so well, I think. And Jalen Smith um, injured himself. And Jalen Smith injured himself. That's right. But, <laughs> uh, uh, but it also, you know, like Terry Taylor yeah, yeah. probably shouldn't be starting alongside Jalen Smith. It probably should be Isaiah Jackson. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with that, but it does make more sense to have Isaiah Jackson in there than Terry Taylor, at least that. Maybe not play style, but... That's what I believe. So um, the big storyline is Halliburton and Matherin just looking amazing in this one. Um, Love seeing Matherin go ahead with other young guys. For sure. Oh, yeah. And I mean, he's he's not afraid of anybody. His per 36, too, for rookies among the top guys right now is insane. Yeah. He's like 53%. 53%. Do you have any. Yeah, zero turnovers, zero turnovers for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Matherin, I mean, not Matherin, sorry. Tyrese showing why he's the franchise player. 27 points, 12 assists. Tyrese is so good, man. He's the perfect, mm-hmm. he's the perfect point guard. Love it. He like, uh, is quickly trying guard. to show that he's the best point guard in Pacers basketball history. Low-key, like, you can make that argument. I think he might be. Kind of battling with what Mark Jackson, Mark Jackson and Brogdon. I think he's clear not cut Brogdon. already better than Brogdon, so it's just Mark not, Jackson. Not oh, not and Brogdon. um, there's like a Fred guy or something. Yep. Um, I don't know if I want to count him though because he's so old. Oh, I can't. Think I, of I know he's like it's a 90 tonight. overall in like 2K. So that's the, only, oh. that's the only reason I know him is he's like a 90 overall. So yeah, love it. And uh, not Fred Billy, Brown. Billy Knight too. Billy Knight. Hey, repping Knight. Me and me and Billy Knight. Oh, and I just said Fred Brown repping Brown. <laughs> Whoa, weird. So Jack Brown and Sal Knight. Whoa, crazy. So uh, yeah, this game was fun because the um, Spurs are clearly trying to get Wimbenyana, and it seems like the Pacers are too. So it was kind of a battle for the tanks. We got to see Doug McDermott in this one again. Always a blast to see Dougie McBuckets. Um, one of my favorite Pacers to watch over the past few years, which tells you how boring the Pacers have been. I modeled times. I modeled my basketball game after him. Like moving without the In ball, using screens. Yeah. Popping off the screen. Yeah. Him and Justin Holiday were my were my my film uh film watchers. Love it. A little Gosh, bit of McCall in there. Oh, I miss Justin Holiday so much. Yeah, we got we gotta do a uh we really do need to do an episode where we keep track of all the current pace or former Pacers and what they're doing now. But yeah. Uh yeah, this I mean Matherin looked significantly better than Jeremy Soan, who doesn't look great so far, but I mean he's going to be a project anyways. Um, so it's fun to watch him go against 
these rookies on other teams, which we'll get to Jaden Ivey in a second. Yeah, that's the game. Yeah, and he's not afraid. Matherin just has so much confidence, and we knew that from all the interviews we've seen in this offseason. The LeBron interview. Yeah, he's he's not afraid of anything. So you love to see that. I just listened to a Charles Barkley interview. He got traded to Phoenix from Philly. He came in, and people were like, hey, I mean, this is Kevin Johnson's team. Are How are you going to fit into this? And he said, no, it's not. It's my team. I'm like, no disrespect. He's a great player, but I'm the best player on this team. And I know the game's going to end up coming to me at when it matters most. This is my team. We're going to make the finals because you got me on this team. It was true. He was the best player. It was his team, but uh, just you got to love that confidence. And hey, Matherin has that trait, that confidence right there. So we love to see it. You love to Let's see move it. on to the next one. The Pistons against Indiana. We won this one, 124 to 115. We don't Very like getting game. wins right now. We don't love getting wins. But, this one was uh, worth it. This we one had was worth it. And four players go crazy in this game. Okay? Well, Matherin showing why maybe like, he's showing why he's worth that pick. He's worth that pick. Ivy, right in front of Ivy, he said after the game, he's like, I know who was drafted before me, and I know he's on this team. So, of course, comes off the bench 27-7. and seven. 10 for 18 from the field. And actually, in the locker room after the game, Rick Carlisle was saying so many players had great games, and all the Placers players were yelling, Goga, Goga, because Goga had 14 and 15. Crazy. And four assists. Goga was was going off this game. This is these little flashes that we get of Goga. Yeah. You know, we get every year. Uh, Jalen Smith had 19 and 15 and three blocks in this game. Incredible performance from him. Now, most notably, the best performance, in my opinion, which Tyrese Halliburton just can't stop getting my game MVP things that we post on Instagram. <laughs> but this guy had 24 points, 10 assists, 4 rebounds, and 5 steals. That's ridiculous. 5 steals? Yeah. So I guess he had That's like a, almost a 5 by 4 Yeah, crazy. So uh, And hey, one, one turnover, too. One How long until you gonna let us vote for game MVP anytime soon? Uh, you know, I'll think about it. I'll think about we, it. We we want to vote. We we want the vote back. You want the vote back? Okay. <laughs> we we want. Hey, we 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 love your dictatorship mentality. <laughs> but I know best. We we want more of a democracy. We want to all vote. All right. You know what? You know what I'm gonna do right now? Then you're gonna put it up on the story. I put it up on the story. Yes, please. The, viewer, the viewers will have approximately two minutes to vote on the MVP. Okay, that's great. That's what I've always done in the past. Okay. Uh, my kid has some Pokemon cards, by the way, and we pulled out a card, and one of them was named Go Goat, which is what I tried to n- nickname Goga before Goat Good <laughs> uh, started becoming a thing. So, uh, kind of funny. Tried to name him after Pokemon, had no idea. Anyway, Goga, huge game. I've never gotten off the Goga bandwagon. I, I really do think this probably is the year, though, where he has to show that he's a good player or else this is probably it. Go-go. But, yeah, this uh, he's always shown flashes, but I think he needs to do it consistently, and this is probably the year to do so. So, um, yeah, I love seeing this kind of performance from him, especially any kind of young piece that we can find. It doesn't matter 
if we've had him on the team or what in the past, but if like if Goga is going to prove that he could be a rotation player going forward, at least in this rebuilding process, then that's huge for this team. Just gives us someone else to root for too through the process. But yeah, Halliburton had a huge game. Matherin, you love to see Matherin put up 27 points while Jaden Ivey had 17. I, I don't want to say only 17 because he played, he still had a great game. 17 points, 10 rebounds, shot 46% from the field uh shot two for three from three so still had a really solid game from ivy but he had five turnovers and benedict matherin was the name to remember from this one so let's move on to the next game which was the pacers taking on the philadelphia 76ers came into this one thinking the sixers would win and left this one feeling correct in our beliefs because the sixers won some of the notable stats from this one. And Sal, you're going to have to clue me in on some of these two. Um, well, first of all, I put some money on Joel Embiid to score 29 and a half, over 29 and a half, so 30 or more. He had 26. I was really banking on uh, the Pacers' big men not being able to body against Joel Embiid. And they proved me wrong, kind of. He almost got there. But uh, yeah, so Halliburton had 19 points, 10 assists in this one. Jalen Smith, 17 points, 10 rebounds. Matherin off the bench again, 17 points. And am I missing any of the big stat lines here? Well, on the other side of the floor, my boy James Harden. Vintage. 29. Oh, a couple ankle breakers, too. 11. James Harden, man, he's back. Never doubted him. Never hated on James Harden, too. You can add that to the no-hate list. Okay. I just bought the James Harden college jersey. I love that, man. I love the beard. Fear the beard. You did. I fear the beard. Well, he uh, still doesn't look like he's in shape. I don't know what pictures they were showing us before the season started, but just watching him play this game, he did not look in shape. Just want to let that be known. Uh, also, Joel Embiid doesn't look like he's in shape either. Yeah. And while we're at it, I might as well mention P.J. Tucker's never looked in shape. So I don't think this team's going to go far. Shout out George Niang, former Pacer. Once a Pacer, always a Pacer. I can't believe he plays real minutes from what we saw of him in Indy. It still is mind-blowing. George Niang. George Niang. And, I mean, we knew we were going to lose this game, but there were positives, like I said. Getting to see Halliburton and Matherin and Jalen Smith put up numbers. Plus, Buddy Heald had 18, raising his trade stock potentially just because of that. So, love to see it. Uh, Six assists, too. Which, coming into Indy, didn't know he's a playmaker, but he's proving everybody wrong by continually showing that he can pass the ball um, by driving and kicking. So, anything else from this game? Do you want to move on to the next one and the current one that's going on right now? The current one, they just about lost. Okay, so let's go to the box score currently. So, Indiana is losing 107-124 to 124 as we record this right now. We're playing the Chicago Bulls. We started Halliburton, Buddy Heald, Aaron Neesmith, Jalen Smith, and Miles Turner. Matherin off the bench, having his worst game of the year, but that's okay. Um, currently at a minus 20, uh, plus minus, worst on the team. But uh, any takeaways from this game that you've been watching? Um, well, I've seen Drummond's been kind of dominating. I've honestly been only paying attention to Drummond. <laughs> but uh, looks like uh, Matherin's kind of been like, I, I still love the confidence and the fearless, like, Finishes through contact so well. It's crazy. But the real uh, real hitter in this game on the Pacers side of the ball is Buddy Heald. 
Um, I mean, Tyrese had his typical like 10 assists and 19 points or whatever it was. But on this vote right now, it's 60. Oh, Tyrese just went over again. I don't know what to do. It's four votes for Tyrese, three for Buddy. I guess uh, I guess I got to give it to Tyrese. I'm going to vote for Buddy. Oh, okay. You want to combat the vote here? Eh? Yeah, I'm going to go against it. What's my vote, though? Just go Buddy so you don't have to do another Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs> 24, 3, 4, but 18 and 11. Yeah, let's. Uh, I'm going to go. Yeah, Buddy for sure is the best player in this game. So 18 and 11. Got, oh, I mean, Tyrese had six turnovers then, so I'm going to give it to Buddy. Yeah, it's got to be Buddy, right? You only gave us three choices. We can't vote for Goga in this one. <laughs> Took the best uh, the best uh, three. I didn't put Matt You know, in. we you really should have put Andre Drummond on here. Oh, that was a good idea. Loki. Oh, next time they play the Bulls, if, the, if Andre Drummond goes nice, I might give Andre Drummond the game MVP. You should. That'd be funny. That's for the memes. You're doing it. You're doing it for the Pacer culture. Hey, I could do it right now. No, it's okay. <laughs> no one's So let's know move yet. on. Actually, let's take a quick break. All right, let's talk about this Bulls Pacers game because since we've taken this break, the game is wrapped up. Buddy Heald was the game MVP. He's the graphic on the All Pacers Instagram account, so go like that. Um, and Sal, you're giving me some takeaways. I had to cut you off because we had to get back to this podcast. I didn't want to give you all your takeaways. Or I didn't want you to give all your takeaways off the air. But you mentioned two names of guys who didn't play tonight. What are your thoughts because of that, and who were those guys, I guess? So O'Shea Brissett and uh, Goga didn't play today in this game against the Bulls. If I'm O'Shea, like I said earlier on this podcast, I want to get out of here. You know, I feel like at the, at the start of every season, he's always disrespected by the coach. I don't know what it is. The past two seasons has been like that. I don't know if he'll get playing time again like he has in the past. Like last year, he just starts to get playing time. I believe in the last, in the first seven games of the last uh, year's season, he didn't play and he only played like three four minutes and then he played against the heat like 30 minutes and he went crazy i don't know what it is but they seem to disrespect him at the start of every season um and with the addition of kendall brown long term i can't really see o'shea uh being here much longer uh and he's an unrestricted free agent this summer if i'm him i'm getting out um and uh yeah i could see that happening um goga uh as for him um, it seemed like since, I guess, Turner is back, um, Jackson's coming off the bench, so now Goga's gone. Um, but down the line, trade deadline, when Miles Turner is probably traded, maybe, uh, then Goga will probably get a few minutes, a few of those minutes back. Um, but yeah. Yeah, so, but I mean, that at least kind of draws a line in the sand right now for where Goga stands. We were kind of wrong earlier in this podcast, like, hey, he might be showing flashes, he could have a real role in this team. If Miles Turner's here, it looks like he doesn't have a role on this team. Yeah. Or at least we know now that he's the fourth or fifth big man in the rotation. So gives us some clarity tonight with Miles Turner back. And until he gets traded, it's probably going to continue to be like that, barring an injury. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about now the expectations that we have for the rest of the season. And what I mean by that is – who is going to be on this team at the end of the year? Who's going to be an integral part of this 
rebuilding team going forward. Are there any trades that we like out there for some of these players? I mean, I think now we have to start thinking about O'Shea Brissett and Goga Batadze moving on potentially. I mean, Goga might be a good piece to have just in case there's an injury or if Miles Hearn gets traded, might be good to just have Goga here. Um, let him kind of showcase his talents a little bit more. But, I mean, there's going to be a lot of things opening up after every game really, but I just kind of want to give predictions almost of who's going to be a part of this team going forward and are there any surprises in that process um, that – you didn't see coming. So, well, I guess that's what makes it a surprise. So <laughs> any surprises there? Uh, but I mean, we, I have all the names listed right here. I just kind of want to go through them. I feel like there's at least three guys on the, are building for the future for sure. Going to be part of this team for at least this, I don't know, year or two. I know things in the NBA change drastically, but Halliburton is the main building piece. I don't even have to ask you if you agree. I know you do. Matherin and Jalen Smith. So these three guys for sure seem like they're going to be uh, pillars for this Pacers team going forward unless we get another you know, opportunity like DeAndre Ayton that works out. Um, but for now, it looks like these three are locked in to be Pacers through this rebuilding process. But that means we have a lot of guys that aren't necessarily. Am I missing anybody, though? I don't think so. I'd say it's Jalen, Benedict, Tyrese, and Isaiah. Isaiah Jackson, yeah. I mean, I guess he'd be the other name, huh? Maybe. Justin Anderson on the <laughs> on the Mad Ants. Yeah. Maybe Chris. Yeah, maybe. What, is he 25 now? As a six man. As a six man, yeah. I mean, he's so good defensively. I think Nemhard got that dog in him, too. Yeah. Hey, I did want to mention um, Nike signed nine rookies. Yeah. Nimhard is, Nimhard is one of them. Yeah. So do they know something about Nimhard that we may not? He's him. <laughs> Love it. So, yeah. Uh, so what I let's see. So Duarte, I feel like he's taking a step back this year. But, yes, I think he could be a part of this team going forward. I think the Pacers would realistically – want him to begin hitting the three at a more uh, consistent clip because then he turns into a potential three and D player. Well, he was compared to Clay Thompson. He was compared to Clay Thompson. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he can get consistent with the three, then his trade value kind of skyrockets too at that point. So maybe not skyrockets, but at least goes up from for sure where it's at because three and D players are the hardest guys to find in this league. And I mean, he has the defensive potential and, well, not even potentially, he's just a really legit defender at this point in his career. Um, let's talk about Kendall Brown. Got to mention him. We've fallen victim to the second round draft pick hype in the past. Most recently, Cassius Stanley, who turns out he wasn't good at basketball. Um, better than us, probably. No, nah, Kendall Brown's already better. I mean, he didn't you think play. Kendall Brown's he's, already he's better. playing in the G League. Like he's not playing right now. Uh, it's probably going to take him a year to get in the rotation. But I really like him as a prospect. He's super fast. This guy so, in the preseason, watching him dribble down the court, coast to coast, insanely fast. Uh, amazing dunker. Shooting needs to be worked on, but as a finisher, he's a very good finisher. 
Um, I haven't really scouted out his defense, but all I know is he's very fast, very good finisher, 19 years old, pretty good amount of upside. Yeah, and was yeah, a I can see he him being like Aaron Gordon good at some point in his career. Oh, so he was the 12th ranked recruit coming into the 2021 uh, season. Ended up going to Baylor, or I guess 2020. No, 2021. Went to Baylor and really just fell off a cliff. But he has the pedigree. He was the second rated small forward coming into college that year. Hmm. So I, I love the pedigree pick with this, especially if you're getting him in the late second. Your hope is that he just wasn't utilized. Well, the Pacers correctly. really wanted him, apparently. Apparently they sent out like 50 trade offers to get that pick. Or like wow. a pick in that area. Yeah, I heard about that. Unreal. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, like I think 48, I believe, right? Yeah, what was it? 48? Yeah. Benedict yeah, was, was 6, around there. Andrew's 31. Yep. He was 48. So, the, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, pedigree, if you're going to get a pick in the late second round like that, then... I mean, they usually don't work out. Sometimes it's crazy and, like, you have a 2014 type of year where you get all these second-round picks coming out. Like, I mean, what, Gobert? Draymond. And Draymond was, like, 2009. Yeah, but, no, that was Steph in 2009. Draymond 2010 then? No, I think Draymond was, like, 2012 or something. Really? Gosh. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I would have been dating myself, but I would have been in high school in 2012. He was the most hated player in Indiana Hoosiers basketball circles. Really? Yeah, it was 2012 draft. 2012, I was right. Okay, nice. 35th yeah, So pick. 2014 was the Oladipo yeah. draft where it was like – He was second. Uh, I can't even think of the – who was the first overall pick? It was that terrible player. Uh, <laughs> went to Cleveland. What's his name? Bennett. Yeah, Anthony Bennett. And then it was Oladipo. Uh, Giannis was in that draft. Yeah. Gobert was in that draft? Gobert was in the second round, yeah. But there was um, a handful of role guys from there. I'm not going to, like, deep dive into it. You can look <laughs> it up on your own time if you're listening. But uh, the point is, is there's you know, if you're taking a second-round pick at that point late, you might as well go for a really young guy or go for a high-pedigree guy. And we kind of got both with this pick in Kendall Brown. So worst-case scenario, it doesn't work out. Best-case scenario, it works out and – the pick really doesn't matter anyways. So if it works out, that's awesome. If it doesn't, it doesn't matter. So, um, cool. I'm glad you're high on him. I don't know too much about him other than when they drafted him, I was excited that he had all that potential. Um, let's hope that he was underutilized at Baylor. I have a hunch that he wasn't, but let's just hope that he was underutilized. So let's move on to a couple other names. Um, let's see. Buddy healed. How soon or will he get traded this season? What are your kind of expectations on that? You know, as a player alongside Tyrese, I really like Buddy Heald. I like him for Tyrese's growth. I like him on the roster. I think he's a good. He's obviously very good friends with Tyrese. Um, but in terms of what's best for business and the franchise, um, I don't see him as part of the future. Well, he shouldn't be as a like. You know, um, I think he's under contract for t- this season and next season. Um, and for his sake and the franchise's sake, I hope they trade him. 
because this man, Buddy Heald, has the longest consecutive regular season games played without going to the playoffs. I think he's played like 560 games and he's never seen the playoffs. So for him to get traded to a team that's going to make the playoffs is what I'd really like to see. And I'm sure if he got traded to a team on the that's a contender, I'm sure his buddy Tyrese would be happy for him because... Uh, I mean, everyone wants to play on the biggest stage in basketball, right? Yeah, no doubt. And if he gets traded to the Lakers, would he? Probably not mm-hmm. make the playoffs. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll I see. Think he will. Um, so, uh, I'm kind of just—I've been swiping through trades on Fanspo on their trade machine for I don't know the past three hours, and I have a few here that are kind of interesting. We've been hearing a lot the. Um, Buddy Heald and Miles Turner to the Lakers for Russell Westbrook, their 2027 first and their 2029 first. I know those are really coveted picks. GMs across the league have been trying to get those picks too because, what, LeBron's 39, 38, 39. I don't know how, maybe 37, but been in the league for a long time. You would think he doesn't have a lot of years left. Anthony Davis is made of porcelain, and the rest of their team's trash. Kind of makes you nervous about their future. Still, I'd rather have LeBron um, than most players, but at least like with the way that they've managed their team and the way the general manager makes moves, those 2027 and 2029 first-round picks do look kind of enticing. I've come around because you, you were hyped about those picks months ago. I was not interested at all, but I want to make some – or I want to I want to read some of these other – uh, trades that I've found that are kind of similar but shift things up a little bit and maybe make more sense. So let's just kind of start with a few of them. Um, and here's one that I kind of like. It's simple for the Pacers. All we would give up is Buddy Heald to the Lakers. I'm not just going to do Lakers-Pacers trades only, so don't worry about that. But Buddy Heald to the Lakers. We get the 2029 first-round pick from the Lakers. The Lakers send Russell Westbrook their 2027 first and their 2023 second from Chicago to the Spurs and they get Doug McDermott, Josh Richardson and Jakob Pertl from the Spurs. I haven't heard Doug McDermott's name floating around as a potential to add shooting to the Lakers. But that makes a ton of sense. I mean, all we do is give up Buddy Hield and get a 2029 first. That could be a great option for the Pacers, right? Yeah, yeah, I like it. I also did see a Doug McDermott Lakers uh, jersey swap the other day. Oh, okay. I haven't seen any of the um, hype for that yet, so that's cool. Um, I I mean, it makes sense. He's The lines have totally been drawn for who's trying to tank and who's not trying to tank right now. Um, Spurs clearly. Jazz, I don't even know, but it seems like they're trying to tank. Yeah, they seem like a contender <laughs> at this point, but um, I mean, you you do at least know the teams that have been clearly the making Jazz moves to try to get. Jazz are fifth on the power ranks right now. Jeez, on the NBA power <laughs> rank with Colin Sexton and Lori Markkinen. Markkinen. That's him. He's yeah, like twenty and ten right now. They still have Mike Conley. I mean, who on this team doesn't look washed anymore? I mean, no one on that team looks washed. Every yeah. single player on that roster looks great. Um, so yeah, I mean, the lines have totally been drawn, 
but when you look at some of these rosters, like there are clearly some good guys. Like even on the Rockets, like Eric Gordon's there riding on the bench, but he's a, he's a really solid NBA player. I'm a little biased because he went to IU, but I mean he's still really good. There's times in the playoffs where he has the big moments when, at least in years past, when Harden was falling short or Chris Paul was falling short because that's kind of what they do in the playoffs. There was times where Eric Go- uh, Eric Gordon was kind of steering the ship. I'm not saying he was the best player on those teams because he wasn't, but there were times where he could carry the team when he needed to because guys around him couldn't necessarily do that. So, I mean, you look at guys like that. I mean, he's on the Rockets. Doug McDermott's on the Spurs. The Pacers have Miles Turner, Buddy Heald. I mean, there's... I remember we almost traded that Christopher Duarte pick for Eric Gordon. I don't know if you remember that, but that was a big, Dude, that was yeah. a big rumor. Yeah, that would have been honestly great. Um, <laughs> great for but, the Rockets, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, I I really like Eric Gordon, so I'm kind of a little biased <laughs> on that. But um, let's do another one where the uh, – let's actually do one where the Pacers get Russell Westbrook. So – we would send um, – oh, shoot, I pulled the wrong one up. But, I mean, let's just actually go back to just to the basic one. Are you still feeling the same way? Like, if we get Russell Westbrook a 2027 first and a 2029 first for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, are you still are you still feeling good about that? 100%. Okay, and kind of talk me through that too because, I mean, does that hinder Tyrese Halliburton and Matherin in any way? Lakers become contenders. We get two first-round picks that are be very valuable down the line because LeBron is not going to be a Laker in 2027 or 2029. Um, AD, also questionable to be a Laker. Um, and they shouldn't be very good then. Also, uh, they're very str- much struggling right now, so they kind of need it if they can. Um, in terms of the Pacers, like I said, we get those picks. And... Russell Westbrook, who probably would be in the same situation that John Wall was in in Houston, or the Pacers buy him out right now, but um, and let him try and find another team to play on. Um, but another route to Lakers could take is right out this season. Um, Westbrook's contract will be over by the end of the season, and uh, then I guess you have forty-seven million dollars in cap space. So. It's really up to you. You want to trade for Buddy and Miles and take up that cap space, or you want to wait a year and try and sign, like, I don't know, the likes of Kyrie Irving or something. Yeah, I mean. Different routes they could take. Different routes they could take. Yeah, definitely. But let's uh, get back to the Pacers because I feel like we're kind of veering towards a Lakers podcast, and we hate the Lakers here. (laughs) We hate them. Um, Let's, uh, I mean, how long until we need to start doing, like, draft coverage? Because I feel like that's pretty soon, don't you think? Oh, um, there's no chance I watch college basketball, so. I mean, well, we at least got to learn the names, right? Victor Webanyama, Scoot Henderson, Amen Thompson, Osar Thompson, um, okay. uh, Derek like Derek Whitehead. Okay. Um, there's another big guy in there. Um, that's projected to go pretty high. I can't remember his name. Um, I think that's all I know. Okay, well, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Scoot Henderson almost, uh, or you almost got Scoot Henderson on the podcast, or maybe not almost. Yeah, almost did. <laughs> almost did. We have the connection. Though. One day. We have the connection. One day, man. I love it. Uh, so, I mean, I think we at least know who's going to be part of this team going forward. Kind of have a good base. The podcast is back for this season. 
We're excited to uh, see where this thing goes and see who we interview this year. We, um, I don't have it in front of me. Man, I had a sheet right here. We <laughs> need to go through that one day, too, where we have everybody that we've interviewed over the years, and we made an NBA roster, and we have an over-under for win-loss. We won't go over that yet, but might be kind of fun to go through. And uh, if they played 82 games in the NBA, we'll get to that. But, um, you know, with that being said, like, I'm – excited to see where this Pacers team goes this year and what content we can get out of it for this podcast because we're glad to be back. I know it's been a while. Um, and I say that, you know, where my wife and I were having our second kid here soon, so it may be a little more chaotic, but we're excited to talk Pacers at least going forward um, with the season. And hopefully it'll be more fun this year. It already seems like it's a little more fun this year than it was last year. I don't know how you feel about it's that. It's fun this year, but you know they're going to lose. Yeah. So watching them isn't as enticing, but it is kind of fun. So I don't know. I don't know. Two sides yeah. of the coin. At least I mean, halfway through the year when we got Halliburton, it was fun, right? Yeah. So I mean, having to watch Karis Levert uh, stop the ball and having to watch Sabonis kind of stop the ball too was just kind of getting. I old. love watching Sabonis. Yeah, I love watching Sabonis too. Definitely different than Levert. I mean, Levert's one of those guys who you love until he's on your team. Um, so definitely feel that once I but called him the Messiah, the best. you did I called Levert the Messiah of the Pacers franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, did that take it age poorly? Ooh. Jeez, that's hilarious. I love it. Well, um, I'm gonna let you go, man. We're going to wrap this podcast up. Um, shout out to Jack Brown videography, our title sponsor for funding this entire endeavor. Um, if you haven't already go buy a signed Lance t-shirt. You can click the link in our bio on all that pacers on Instagram. 75% of that profit is going to go towards second helpings in Indiana, which is helping feed homeless across the state. 25% will go towards creators like Sal and, you know, people like Pacers Colt, Pacers Update. Uh, I'm missing some. Pacers Meme Page who are helping us with that. Um, if you don't buy one, it's all good. We're going to keep the shop open after this. But uh, just wanted to, you know, give an opportunity to make a statement. And hopefully people can wear some sign lance t-shirts to games here soon. Um, yeah. Also, I did talk to, uh, gosh, what's his name? Scott. He's a reporter for the Pacers. Scott Agnes. Mm. Uh, I talked to him. He said, there's a 0% chance Lance comes back to the Pacers. This isn't happening. <laughs> yeah. Very so, sad. Uh, Very sad. Yep. Agnes uh, did confirm that he's close with the team. But never give up hope, right? It'll happen one day. I just can't see that being his retirement last season. Is he? Has, is he? I know we should wrap this up, but is he an important enough player over the years for the Pacers that he would sign a one-day contract and get retired yes. this season? You think so? Yes. Yeah, because if that's the case, then that's probably like the bottom line. The like least amount of work put in to get a one day retirement, right? Hey, he's an for icon. Any, any player, icon, culture legend to the Pacers. Yeah, you can even get TJ Leaf one day to come back and sign a one. Day. Okay, now see, now I know you're playing around. All right, <laughs> no, well let's wrap this. Lance, thing up. Lance deserves it though. <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, I'm gonna let you go, man. But uh, have a great rest of your night, and thanks for doing this podcast as always. Of course, have a good one, and the rest of you listening. Peace out.
you want me, Joel Embiid, come get it, because I'm going to give it to you. Are you kidding me? Sabonis brought it to him.